Are you a salesperson? Actually, I think all of us have a little salesperson in us, whether it's for our business, with our children, our spouses, we're all a little bit on a sales position. So let's get some tips on how to be a better salesperson. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hello, Giant Builders. I'm so happy you're joining us this afternoon, and I hope that you'll like and subscribe to our channels. We would love to have you do that. And if you know of anybody who you think would be a good guest for the Giant Builders, drop me a note. So today's guest, though, is this lovely lady here, and her name is Erin Moore. Hi, Erin. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? So Great. glad to be here. Well, thanks. Happy to have you. And would you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do and who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Erin Moore. Um, I'm in sales. And so today's conversation is going to be focused in that. And I have done sales indirectly pretty much my whole life. I would I started out actually as a makeup artist in San Francisco, San Francisco. So I grew up in California, um, still on the West Coast in Portland, Oregon, and landed myself somehow in tech sales. Um, so I feel like I've done all sorts of different things, but at the end of the day, sales is conversation. I love people. And so that's, what's kept me going in this, in this space. And then I'm, um, I'm a mom of two. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm busy and I have a lot going on, but, uh, doing it, doing all the things and, and still loving it. So when I think about sales, like as if I were to like define sales mm -hmm. to me, it's like almost 70% of what we do in our day, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. especially like as a mom, yeah. we try and convince our children yeah. to do something in a kind of a yes. way we're trying to get them to do what we want them to do, which is kind of a sales technique. So mm -hmm. I think whatever you share with us, we could probably put throughout our whole life. So yes, yeah. yes, 100%. And I, you know, I do sales coaching, and I work with a lot of women in that space, predominantly, I would say. Um, and so much of it is just, it's exactly what you said, realizing that it's in so many conversations, it's more of the attachment that we place on it when we're in a business setting that we're like, wait a minute, I don't know. I, I don't feel all these things. Um, when I think the hardest negotiator I have is my seven-year-old daughter, for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, you can always be using, practicing. And actually a tip I gave somebody the other day is because she was a mom. And I said, start reading to your kids out loud at night. Um, and just really making sure that you do that because just even learning to hear your own voice and how you want to use, you're telling your kids who aren't, they're not intimidating and you can learn to like pause and to inflect and to make scary voices. And you can start to just expand for yourself, how you hear yourself. It could be that simple. So I, I love that. I totally agree. I think sales shows up in so many different ways. Well, how do you think that sales have changed over, say, like the last couple of years? I mean, a lot of things have changed over the Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I love that question. I think so. When I go back to when I was really learning how to do sales in more of a, a business setting in, a, in an account type role where it really business development and prospecting was a huge part of what I was doing, um, it was literally pick up the phone, pick up the phone and dial. 
And it was, everything was metric driven around how many calls you made. Mm. And that feels so crazy to me now because understanding where people live, understanding your target market, understanding where they live on social and using all different ways of connecting is is the way to sort of think about it now. I don't think that picking up the phone is a bad thing. I think people can hear your voice. I actually really love leaving voicemails because I hardly ever expect people to pick up their phone these days, <laughs> but they can hear you, you know, and they're like, oh, she, she doesn't sound so scary and so salesy and maybe. And then what I will do is I might send an email to say, I left you a voicemail. Mm-hmm. So you know, using all the different tools, I think is a better way of looking at sales today, because I still think what's true is that you need six to seven touches before people are really engaged. I don't think that has changed. I think it used to be more because information wasn't as, you know, available as it is today. But I still think that you will still need to have people see who you are, lean into what you have to offer in a couple of different ways. And you can be a part of that by making sure your website is up to date, making sure you have called actions, you know, all that is a part of sales. And I think that looking at it from more of a lead gen approach where you have sales and marketing working together, which I don't, I still don't see a ton of, I still see a lot of sales and marketing pretty separate, which, um, which is interesting. Or when I'm coaching people, people really feel comfortable posting on Instagram, but then they don't want to do you know, the more like outreach and prospecting that feels more direct. So I just think it's really shifted and evolved to more of a combined effort than just using one tool. And I think that that has evolved a ton and it's because our buyers have changed. And I mean, even with AI, you know, it's like, it's just a constant change. Like sales is still conversation. I think there's fundamentals that are static. But I think that understanding where your customer lives on a broader sense and really diving into who your target is, is really, really important. And and more than just a one or two way of engaging and, and blending out what you're doing. So how would it look like if the sales and the marketing were in line with each other? Would, how would that look differently to you? Yeah, I think so. Marketing is, I always, for a long time when people said marketing, I'm like, what do you, what does that mean? It's kind of like when you say sales, what does that mean? <laughs> um, so brand is like step one and brand is more vision and you're like what you stand for. So it's like, I'm a woman, I'm a mom, I'm in sales. Like this is when I, if you want to come work with me on a coaching and I'm relation, more relational, um, that, those are the things that you would want to know about me as my brand if you're going to work with me. And so that's sort of a step one. And then you move into more positioning and understanding where your market is. So you have brand and then you have positioning and positioning and visibility are still sort of in brand. And you still want to learn like where your message is going to be and what it is. But then you move into marketing. So in a sales cycle, one of the if you were to like go on Google and you look at like what is a sales cycle, one of the first things you would see is awareness, like awareness and consideration and buy. And awareness is where marketing starts because marketing is the action of this is like it's more short term, it's getting people more engaged. So you might if you were depending on where your market is and what you're selling, 
if you knew they were really like a younger generation and they're on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram, then that's where you would want to market and be more visible. If you're selling more consultative and more B2B than maybe LinkedIn, and you would want to develop that. The other thing I would say around marketing is also being aware of yourself. Um, I think that people are more and more looking to attach who and who they buy from and like companies even like, what do they stand for? So you're going back all the way to the beginning, which is brand. And so brand, visibility, positioning, and marketing, they all have to work together so that when you're in a sales mode, it's consistent because sales really has to be a consistent, like a consistent feel, a consistent experience. And if you're, if you're not aligned with marketing and you don't have a consistency, you will lose because people don't have a lot of attention span, right? You mm -hmm. want them to be able to hear you and they want to see something on TikTok, see something on LinkedIn, see you speaking on, you know, on a podcast and it feel aligned. So then you're creating trust and credibility. So then they're like, yeah, I want to see what she has to say. So I think it still mirrors relationships. You know, if you're talking to somebody, you meet somebody through your kid's school or you meet somebody at work and they feel a certain way and then you see their social and they feel different and then you see them interacting with your boss and they're different and then you see them interacting like you would be like huh you know you would you would internally pause <laughs> yeah you'd think yeah. huh maybe i will not become best friends with this person you know what i mean like you you consider all this and a lot of it is just intuitive and nonverbal and you know, the person that you meet here today would also be the person you should see across all areas. And so I think that sales still reflects that. And so marketing and being aligned to marketing and understanding that the, the act of marketing is an expression of brand, your product and your voice. So then when people go to buy, it's aligned. And when people are, when you hear somebody talking about it in a sales capacity, it aligns to marketing. And so if marketing and sales are not married, you might have an inconsistency in voice. You might not gain a qu as quick as a consistent voice might create with, oh, this feels right. They said they were family owned here, 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 and they're representing that. I am going to continue this journey versus a breakup of, of, of just an inconsistent message. Okay. Does that, does that feel? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So what are some things that we could do to maybe prepare for like a sales presentation or phone call or whatever situation we might be in? Yeah. So it really depends. I think that this is where I get, I have a sort of soapbox moment because okay. <laughs> you can get on LinkedIn because I've, I've done this myself. I have to check myself too. You can get on LinkedIn, you can get on social media and you're like, Oh, they're saying to do this. Oh, this person did this and had a ton of success. Oh, that like you, it is, I don't know if you've ever gone through this. It is information overload. And you're like, where am I supposed to begin for myself? Am I supposed to be content strategizing, you know, and then also doing this and then also doing this. And so when you're on, like when you're taking in information, it feels like, how am I even supposed to begin this conversation? And this is where you do want to go back to fundamentals. Who are you selling to and who is your target market? And that is not changed. If you know 
who your target is, who you're trying to sell to. And you can, and, and maybe an easier question is who are you not selling to? Because I hear a lot of times, yeah, I sell like I sell this and it feels like everybody could benefit. Mm. Yes, but who's going to pay for it? Who is it a priority to right now? How close are you to really getting um, the best value for somebody today? Like really like where is, who is your, who are you really targeting? Um, you might be able to phase that into a couple different personas or a couple different ideal um, clients, but we should really know who we're talking to and then, and then understand where do they live? So if you're doing tech consulting like myself, I may find some people on TikTok, but I'm guessing I will do better if I have a consistent voice on LinkedIn. Um, because where is it that they are going to learn about what they're looking for? And so then you have already gone from here and you can funnel down into where you want to put your activity and you really want to start there. So when you're thinking about a sales conversation, then my next step would be, well, how did they hear about you? If you are throwing out a wide net and you're just prospecting and you got somebody on the phone, then the very first conversation you want to have is, do you even know about us? You know, I thank you so much for your time. What I offer is, is around marketing. What I offer is around consulting. Do you have a need for that? Are you aware of it? Like, do you know, do you know what my company stands for? You want to do something to understand if they even know what you're talking about. Like for you and me, like, well, what is marketing? What is it? Like, there's such broad terms. Um, and even in what I do of like, so I talk to a lot of tech buyers. And so if I'm talking to an IT manager, for example, the very first thing I want to understand is tell me what it is you do. Tell me what it is you, you, you know, what does your role look like on a day to day? Because the term IT manager could mean something different in a startup versus a small business versus an enterprise. And you need to know their current state and where they're coming from. And so as a first conversation, just be curious about what they even know. And a lot of times when we're selling, we so just want to be like, I have this amazing thing and I feel so passionate about it and I want to talk to you about it. But you don't even know their reference for it, their definition for it, where they're coming from, if it's a need, if it's something they would never even, like you've really got to understand current state. So as a first conversation, no matter how they come to be, are they your target market? How did they come to know you? Um, if they came to know you, where? So like if they saw you on LinkedIn, okay, so what is your reference? Tell me more about, you heard about us on LinkedIn, great. What was that? What about that um, created interest? Is it, you know, I would love to hear more about where you're coming from. So you really want to start there for a conversation. And it is all circling back to the very, very, very most important thing, which is who are you trying to target? Who are you trying to sell to? And then defining that and defining that through your conversation so you can get closer and closer to learning the kind of conversations you should be having on repeat. I have so, a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> With all the information overload that we have available to us, how much like research would you do on a potential client to understand maybe more about them or to, to maybe figure out what your objective for the call is? I feel like one, I just want to understand. So I would go back to 
so when you go back all the way, we talked in the beginning, what about brand? Mm -hmm. Like when you think about your alignment. So for example, when I do sales coaching, I could tell myself, everybody could use sales coaching. Like we said in the beginning, everybody's doing sales regardless if they know it or not. But I work really well with women because I've been working in a male dominated space for such a long time that I really see how I'm showing up and how I try to claim my own femininity, my own voice, my own level of being assertive and what that feels like for me. And so I want to be able to then be able to walk through and hold hands and go the journey with somebody who's going through something similar. So it starts with understanding intention, core values, you know, really learning where you resonate. Um, and this is more speaking to entrepreneurs or people who are starting their own businesses. If you're working in an enterprise company, hopefully you picked that role because what they were offering clicked with you int intrinsically. Um, but you do want to know for yourself who you attract because we don't attract everybody. If somebody is a hard-hitting, transactional, money-focused seller, I'm not their coach. I'm not... I they would be not, they would be so patient and not, like I would not make sense to them, you know, and that's fine. So you want to start with even just going internally and saying, who do I speak well to? Who can I hear well and who can hear me well? And that should start sort of, because you can't, you can't sell to everybody. So who do you actually sell well to? And for me, like when I think about what I'm doing and really focusing on women that's because that's who I want to help. That's where I resonate. That's been my journey. That's been my experience. And then from there, and then you start to funnel into, okay, who, a question I always ask is, is this a priority? If they're a small business owner or if they're an entrepreneur, you have to understand sales. It's the foundation for business. And um, you need to know what that what that looks like. So you need to have a framework that you're working with. You need to have time blocked on your calendar. You need to have a clarity around who you're trying to sell to. So I can then say, I this is who I want to help. This is who I'm looking to serve. This is who I believe I bring value to. And then these are some people that I feel actually need and would benefit from what I'm doing. So a lot of these questions you can sort of figure out. And then I would say start outreach and actually just trying to get curious about. So I you could I've reached out many times to even in my in my tech role, talking to an IT buyer. Hey, this is what I'm talking about. Does this seem of interest to you? Would this would you be what would cause you to change from what you're doing now to what you're doing? Is this something you would even want to connect with? So you could start going out. I think some people think you do need to data overload yourself with being online and you can do that if that feels safe for you but I think you're going to get a lot more by networking by talking to people by looking at who you think your ideal client is and saying hey you know this is what I'm offering does this feel like this resonates with you um start you know start even that which is the hardest part which is outreach which is prospecting which is which is saying, I want to work with you and service you. And that's kind of where people are like, ah, that feels terrifying. But you will get so much more connecting with people and learning through their stories and their understanding aligned with where you think you want to be and who you think will hear you the best. Um, I think that's overlooked a lot. Even if you're in a role in corporate, 
Can you go back to past clients and talk to them? What about what they offered made sense or what about what worked for them in this, what they, you know, what made them shift and learn from people doing it. Um, but again, if you don't have that, like if you don't have a database, if you don't have past clients, network, get in front of other people. Data, especially again with AI, data is everywhere, but data is not the, the personal and human experience. And you will learn so much by, I think, I mean, even just talking to you, like we are going to learn together through this because we're talking. I didn't read about your bio, you know, like there's such a different experience. So, and then you're networking, you're taking action, you're creating momentum, you're learning how you want to speak about what you're doing. It's, it really is such a good way of moving yourself forward. So I'm, I'm thinking of different types of businesses that women might be in. You know, there's, there's like a brick and mortar. There might be like a sales position, like what you're speaking of, or like a network marketing company. Do you think in any in those instances that there would be any difference in sales techniques? It's a great question. I mean, again, I just would go back to really understanding your product. So if you're at a brick and mortar, what is the, let's say you have a bakery. What is your number one sell? What sells the least? Where do you make your money? At what time do you make your money? And then you really want to start understanding your own revenue generating activities. Is it Saturday morning? Can you open an hour earlier? Can you upsell? Like if your number one seller is a donut that only comes out in the morning, can you, you, what can you do in your space to understand your own business? Mm -hmm. And if it's a brick and mortar and it's, it's know your product, it's know your customer. It literally is the same because if you're a brick and mortar and you know, your number one sell, what can we do? Are we lifting the price of that? So if you, or if you have sizes and you have, let's say you're a coffee shop and your number one seller is a 20 ounce something. Can you then lift the price? Like you can play with pricing. You can play. There's so many things you can do, but you need to know product, where you want to really push things, where you make the most money, where maybe you give a lot of time. Let's say making something takes a lot more time, but doesn't sell as well. Like there's a lot there. And then from there on understanding your own business, your own product, then you start figuring out the conversations you're having and with who, and then it goes back to target. So it's so funny because, you know, and if you're, because I, like I said, in the beginning of my career, I did 10 years of selling cosmetics. I worked um, as a counter and then I moved up to traveling artist, And then I was doing more shows and websites and that sort of thing. But, you know, throughout that whole process, I needed to know product first. And it's always that it is. If you have five things that you're selling, what is your number one seller? What is your least? And then really diving into who that's working for. If you're selling one thing really well to one market and something else, like you just, it goes back to product. It always does because how you get creative, how you talk to others goes back to your understanding of what you're selling and why and how it impacts your business and what that, how that serves other people. You know, if, um, if you're more of a consultant, you know, you're more in consultative sales, like, like I've been, what is the, what is the priority? 
Um, what is the change required? I think this is missed so much, especially in big, bigger conversations. Change is so difficult, <laughs> right? And people forget that. Sometimes people are yes to your solution, but no to the amount of change required to implement your solution. And if you don't understand the buyer that you're talking to, the change required for change. So like, it's interesting. Sometimes I've, I'll have uh, more executives that are like, yes, I want this. This sounds great. Let's do it. And then the team is like, we 100% cannot implement this. It's like a total infrastructure blow up, right? So selling your solution is just such a small piece of what sales looks like, in my opinion. In my opinion, it's much a, it's a much broader conversation. Um, it, you know, even something like, I think about even as a mother, um, I would love for my daughter to do this dance, this dance class at this school. There's no logical way I could logistically get her there. It's not about if it's the best dance studio in the world or that the cost is on point or that I want that to be true. It's that logistically, there's no way. I can't be in three places at the same time. And so, you know, what is it that that salesperson can do to help address it, to help give solutions? Maybe it's, let's put you on the wait list for Q3 when it's summer and maybe your schedule's different. Or we're about to open, we've been hearing this and we're going to open a different time slot. Does that interest you? I mean, so I think when you're thinking about sales, it's such a broader, you know, and and in, in a, again, going back to the information overload, it's sometimes not about, they, they would love to use your solution. Are you considering who you're selling to, where they're coming from, what that change looks like, what the priority is? It's a much bigger consideration. And when you can think about it in those terms, I feel like your questions get different. I feel like your conversation changes. It's an authentic and honest conversation. This goes back to my belief around for people having a conversation. And I feel like, so what's interesting is I've had so many people I've worked with throughout the years and I've had roles where what I'm selling makes no sense for them. But then I can come back to them later and be like, well, hi, remember me? And because you handled those conversations with generosity and care, you still service, you know, you're still in this bigger context because they still like, yeah, she, she listened and that meant something to me. And now we're ready to have a conversation. So sales is so much broader than I think it's been looked at in the past of this very transactional, very, um, what's in it for me? I mean, there's plenty of people who still think like that. Let's, let's be honest, right? We see them and we know them, but um, the way I believe sales can look like, um, you know, going back to what you're about and spirituality and family and things that are your core values, sales aligns to that if you're doing it in the way that we're talking about. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right, can I share one of my biggest pet peeves? with Please, people? yes. The ones who don't listen to me, you know, like I tell them that I want this or this, and then they're like showing me things that don't have that. So 
are there any tips to becoming a better listener? Yeah. Um, I think that one of the things that I do, I'm thinking about what I do, is if I don't understand something, we're allowed to say, you know what? I need more understanding about what this meant. Like, can you walk me through what, how this like came to be? Because when our last conversation was this, so maybe I, and this is what you would say, I think we can agree. So you want to get agreement. I think we can agree that this is an important this is important to both of us. It's important to me because I want to see you successful and it's important to you because you want to see this change or whatever that we talked about. So then you get an agreement and then you can say, and then you take it almost to yourself and you say, but if you could help me understand what it is that you're, that, that your experience on how you took this, because I don't feel like clearly there's something that I I'm not under, like you can stop and really try to understand because I do believe people have good intention, but if they're not listening to you, it's, there's a reason. Like they thought they were going to do it this way or they wanted to cut time or they were overwhelmed or they, they didn't understand. Um, and we didn't do a good enough because we have so much. I think about this a lot when I'm coaching, I have so much experience and knowledge of going through everything with sales. I assume too much, too quick. You know, my context is a lot different than somebody else's context. I mean, think about anything you're trying to do that's hard. It's like, I think about cooking. I'm not that great at cook. And I'm like, how do I make this? And I'm like looking at the recipe play by play because I do not know. And if you're a good cook, you're like, just throw in some salt and, you know, turn the water on and just look at it. And I'm like, and I still haven't figured out how much is a pinch of salt. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like scrolling to find the exact specific everything. Um, and so I think that that, that holds true in what we do. We have so much context that when we're having some of these conversations, we forget when I say ICP, I'm like, go, just go find, I, you know, identify your ICP. They're going to nod their head. Okay. What the heck is ICP? There's so many acronyms. There's so many things that we, we don't slow down. So I would say listening requires a real slowdown and being able to say, I don't understand. And I would like to make sure that I'm clear on where you're coming from, you know, and getting agreement on let's, let's make sure we're aligned here. And, and that's okay. You know, and being able to say, I don't know, I'm not sure. I don't understand how we got here. So can we pause and rewind? And I think people appreciate that, you know, does that help with where yeah. your scenario with what you were thinking? Yeah, I do think yeah. so. So you've been in sales for a while. All mm -hmm. right. So give us some little tips. Like what are some mistakes that maybe you have made? That mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. How long do we have? Because I belong. Oh, this is long. <laughs> gosh, I think my number one tip is prep is really. And I, I feel like a lot of people and I, and I said it in the last thing I have so much but doing this for a long time, I have so much like things that I think I know what I'm doing. And I think I know everything. Um, and if you have kids, you realize every day, you know, nothing, but, um, wait till they're teenagers. <laughs> I can, I, 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 my head will explode. I'm sure. Um, I just think that 
what I've really learned is if you know your products and you prepare ahead of time, um, you know, even coming on here, I wanted to learn, like, it was funny. I'm like, oh, Indiana, my parents went to Valparaiso. Both of them went to um, undergrad. And I was like, oh, I know something about Indy. Like just <laughs> having information so that you, you know, you have some idea of who you're talking to, you know, and doing the work to be prepared for the conversation, doing the work. So, you know, your objective, oh my gosh, I feel like so many people wing it. So many people I kind of know the product. I think I'm a likable person. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I, ooh, did I lean on that for so long? You know, I, my, my, my weakness was, I, I'm sure I can wait. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure what I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out as you go. And it's true. You're not going to have the same sales conversation twice. And it's true. You can't predict everything that's going to come up and, and you do need to, but that's, that's even more why you need to prepare. That's even more why you need to know your product and your value. It's even more why you really want to be clear on your target market. It's it's really like understanding that sales is not can be such a broader and bigger thing if you do the work up front. And I I think I missed that for a large part of my career. Um and especially now, especially now. And going back to what we said in the very beginning, are you consistent? Does your website match your LinkedIn, match your social? Are you, you know, I had this one um, gal who, I think she did, she wanted to be known for dog training. She wanted to be known for, I think she did chakra, like like this healing work. And then she also wanted to be, I think, a daycare nanny or something. Hmm. And I'm like, okay nobody will know what you're about. And it could be, it could be like, I do marketing, branding, social media. It feels to you like it makes sense, but I don't know how that, I don't know what I would be buying or what, what am I actually using you for? So get heavy hitting and clear on I'm social media. I will give you, and then when you hook them for the social media, then you could say, you know what? I want to go back and really talk to you about your brand. Let me explain the difference between this or be on a, or you say, here are the three pillars that we focus on. I still would say though, you know, the saying is if you chase two rabbits, you won't catch either. You need to be clear about why somebody's going to start the conversation. They need to be very clear on what they're having the conversation about and that is the pre-work that is the clarity that is the that is the really making sure that you in a sales lens the funny thing is if you if you dial in your website if you dial in your social if you get everything consistent if you can check a box on i know my product if you can check the box on i know my target market sales is not that like you will feel so empowered to be in your conversations cuz you're clear right? You're clear. And so a lot of the work that we want to do in the beginning is so that you feel at peace with having a sales conversation. You don't feel flustered. You know where you stand and um, you do feel prepared. I always say practice creates peace, not practice creates perfect because we all know perfect is not true, not, not is a lie um, and impossible. Um, I've tried, <laughs> but so I think 
doing the work up front so that you really feel grounded in what you're offering. You feel grounded in the conversation and then you know your objectives in the conversations on where you want to be because you've you practiced it, you've done it. Um, all about being prepared, all about doing the work before the call, before you're doing that. I think that is something I really didn't do for a very long time. And I just think where I would be if I <laughs> but I I think that's the number one thing. I would though also say do not live in the data and trying to create perfection without taking action. The hurdle with women is we do motion, not action. So I'm going to work on my website for two years mm. instead of picking up the phone and talking to customers. Yeah. So I say that, mm-hmm. I say yeah. that know your resistance. If you are having a hard time picking up the phone, asking for sales, doing the outreach, the outreach and the prospecting let me clear this up, is the hardest for everybody mm-hmm. because it's personal because you want to say, I have something to offer to you and this is important to me. And that feels like vulnerability and vulnerability is always going to be something that feels a little scary. So, um, or I want you to listen to me or will you give you, give you my time? I mean, sales inherently is a little bit of that. So you don't want to get stuck in motion. You want to take action but taking action is so much easier when you're grounded and clear on what it is you will be doing outreach with. Great. Yeah. Well, any closing thoughts? I feel like I have talked so much. Um, (laughs) Closing thoughts. I would say to anybody who is looking to begin the sales process, do not Google what is sales. One, because you will just get a list of things to think about. I would say the best advice I could t- get to give to anybody who wants to really, they're, they're, they want to start their own business or they want to see more attraction in what they're doing. I would really say start networking, start talking to people because sales is conversation at the end of the day. And networking is so surprising and you really learn how to speak more clearly about what do you do? What is it that you're interested in? How can I support you? You just, I actually started getting really intentional about networking. Um, more recently, I would say in like November of last year, I had been COVID kids job. Just, I didn't give it enough time. And when I started really getting back into coaching again, um, I started being more intentional it has been, it's such a gift. People are so generous when you give them your time and you just learn so much. So my actual number one tip is networking because you're actually taking action to, you're taking an action step to have a conversation and you're forced to talk about what you do in a very non-threatening way. Um, and yeah, I would start there. It's a good mirror for what sales feels like is, and it's a good practice space on top of you're building out more people and more visibility. So I just, I don't think you could go on. That's what I would really wish I, like and somebody had said to me, cause that feels really like comfortable for, for like getting, getting your, your feet wet as a first step. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks, Erin. You are so yeah. full of information. <laughs> I, it's, yes, I find myself so, like I get, on, I get on podcasts sometimes and I'm like, yeah, so much. Cause I, I am, I really think women, have so much to give in this space. 
we're so um, community, we're, we're natural givers. We have real, um, the women that I've worked with, at least they have so much passion for really providing something to somebody else. And it's just so, um, yeah. So whatever I can do to help get more women involved and get more women, like feeling comfortable in this space, that's, that's my goal. That's great. Yeah. Uh, you have your contact information below. So yeah. builders, make sure you get in touch with Aaron and improve your sales techniques. Yes. Thank you so much for the time. This was really lovely. Thank you Thank so much. You. Yeah. Right. Bye, Giant Builders. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. 